Learn the design principles for residential comfort advisors on today's show. Now, before we get started, I want to make sure you all get signed up for Epic 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada on March 16th and 17th. We've got an amazing lineup of keynote speakers and educational breakouts. If you're hesitant for whatever reason, go to epic2023.com and click the sneak peek button. You'll fill out the form there and get access to a free video package from all of our presenters. So you can check them out before you sign up. And if you're ready to get registered, do so at epic2023.com today. And just one more thing before we roll in today's show, if you aren't signed up for any events, whether that's an in-person event or a virtual event, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity and get signed up. They're all absolutely free for all members, so take advantage of it and sign up for some events today. All right, let's get going with today's show with Drew Cameron and Mr. Eric Kelsis. They're going to talk about the very important design principles for all residential comfort advisors. Take it away, guys. So we got Eric, like I said, I've known Eric a long, long time. Uh, he's been a member of EJA, I think, since the inception. Yes. Uh, as well as I've interacted with him through other groups as well. And the one thing I've known about Eric is a very uh, uh, sharp business mind as it comes to H when it comes to HVAC. Has a, a very boutique business that he runs in Kansas City. And so why don't you kind of tell me a little, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. We started doing Insulation, we did uh, basically boilers and- Started what year? Uh, I've been self-employed for 53 years now. 53 years? Yep. Uh, okay, you're I, I started when I was a teenager. My grandfather used to carry me around and, and if he needed something, whether it was roofing or, or siding or HVC or caring, I was the guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I definitely been very, very hand-on since forever. Uh, my dad was a minister, and during the summer, uh, he would farm me out to relatives or grandfather. Okay. And uh, I was a laborer. For, okay. But he went out of his way to show me, to mentor me, a little bit of electrical, a little bit of HVC, a little bit of whatever he was doing. I was part of it. Cool. Well, the reason I invited Eric in is, like I said, I've known him a long, long time, and the thing I've known about Eric is he's got a very uh, technical, savvy mind, and he's a contractor just like you guys are. Uh, small business uh, there in, in Kansas City, but it's a very boutique business. He's, he got away from just basically switching out boxes years ago because he realized that that was shortchanging customers, and he wanted to be something you know, different, better, more, and unique. Uh, you know, to, in the customer experience there and differentiate himself and stand out. He didn't want to be someone that the customer would comparison shop. He wanted to become compelling so that he would stand out in the customer's mind. And now to this day, we were actually talking last night at the hotel, uh, which we got a 6 a.m. wake up call because uh, a homeless guy, a homeless guy kind of came into the hotel and refused to leave and set off the alarm. And we were all out in the hallway at 6 a.m. So, uh, but anyway, we were talking before that last night at dinner, uh, we were talking a little bit about what his business is, and he's he has the unique distinction of being able to turn away work. He is so busy, he gets to pick and choose the jobs that he wants. He picks very profitable work at that because it's very unique and very different. And even has a uh, people who are willing to wait for him because of what we're going to talk about today and tomorrow because he specializes in not just being a box changer. You, you can you can do that, and you can make some money, and there's lots of companies out there that are doing that and some very large businesses that do that. 
Um, but when you're a boutique, you can be a very, very profitable business at a lower amount of revenue. And I think uh, Eric has actually accomplished that very successfully. And so he's a very sharp and savvy business mind. Um, and, and so why don't you talk a little bit about you know, that shift in mindset from being kind of just an HVAC contractor to this system and home performance boutique? Yeah, I'm more of a building scientist. Uh, some people say I'm an insulation specialist, but I really, really go out of my way to make buildings very, very comfortable. And I go on my way to make buildings very good IQ, good indoor air quality. Yeah. So when I enter into a building, I actually test the air and then I test the airflow and, and I try to make the building for the customer. Yeah, Eric's really a, a comfort, uh, air quality and energy efficiency doctor in the home. Uh, and he has his process and he won't, it doesn't matter if a customer doesn't want to give him the time. If they won't give him the time, then he, they're not his customer. And he knows who he is and he focuses on that with complete certainty to do the job right. And if you're not willing to you know, basically you know, take the time as well as spend the money to do the job right, then he realizes you're not his customer. And he's okay with that. And he has no problem telling customers that you know, as well. And uh, I simply and, tell the customer that you're not my customer. Yeah. And, and I, I literally try to fire the customer because if it doesn't work out at the beginning, it's not going to work out at the end either. Yeah. And, and, they, and, then, and then during that process, it's not unusual when you're challenging a customer to some extent where they say, well, no, 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 hold on. I don't want you to go yet, right? Because they realize you know, that he believes, I mean, with moral certainty that what he is doing is the right thing to do, the best thing to do. Not because it's you know, the, the optimal money thing to do. It's, you know, he, he realizes the money will follow. He doesn't chase the money. He chases the principle of doing the right things the right way and the money will follow. So uh, A, B, C's, attic, basement, then conditioning the air. And, and if you do that in that order, the indoor air quality, the airflow, it all yeah. follows and out. So that, that's the intention, right, is the A, B, C's, attic, basement, and then you know, conditioning the space. And I think a lot of contractors you know, kind of dive right into the C, the conditioning of the space and the equipment. And so the next two days, we're really going to build on that concept of ABCs because it's setting that intention. When you have the right intention, you get the right result. And so with that being said, I want to kind of give you the, the, an understanding as to where we are in the elevated consumer buying experience or what you know as the sales process. Because you, many of you have tuned in um, you know, to that training before, have attended it live in a classroom. And so it's the, you know, what we call the best path, uh, as the path, excuse me, to achieving the best possible outcome. And the best possible outcome is that the customer makes a decision that they're happy with, they went through a process that they're thrilled with, they got the result that they're thrilled with, so much so that they gave you a great ref review and they're happily referring you, right? And they would buy from you again and will continue to buy from you again. So here's what the process is that we go through. It's professional mental preparation, it's the approach and introduction in the home. It's the exploration and connection to the customer and their situation and what got you there today. It's setting mutual expectations to your process and then getting to work. Going around the house, doing your survey, you know, learning about the customer, learning about the house, learning about the, the building envelope, learning about the living space, learning about the equipment and the application and, and what needs to be done, what's going on in the house and what needs to be done to, again, to get a, a customer, a happy customer and a happier result, right? And so getting to work is what we're gonna focus on today and tomorrow. 
So we're at step five in the process. From there, you then, once you figure all of that out, then you can put together your findings and options, price that up, and then share that with a customer uh, through your findings and options, get commitment to what is the next step, right? Whether that's doing business with you, doing business with somebody else, kicking a can down the road and doing it sometime later. And then bottom line, at the end, continued connection. What does that mean? That means, okay, follow up if we they didn't buy from us or we go back and thank them and continue, them, uh, uh, continue communicating with them as a customer. So that's the 10 step framework of the elevated consumer buying experience that we teach in that class, the elevated consumer buying experience and sales execution, which I'll be doing uh, live virtually next uh, year from the studio here with Weldon. So that being said, let's get to work, all right? So let's talk about states of flow, because again, we're gonna start with that because it all starts with you as the individual, as the comfort advisor going into the home. The states of flow are basically self-flow. Self-flow is basically showing up uh, a state of being first, right? Having the right mindset, the right attitude, and, and being present, showing up, being present for the customer, not being bothered by your phone, not being distracted by anything else, the next call, or anything else you got going on in your life. You gotta be there for those people. You have to be a person of character and integrity and set the intention to serve the people and then execute with intensity. What is your desire, your commitment, and your responsibility in that process? And we talk about that in the sales training. We talk about having the right attitude or the outlook, and that's you know, tying together basically you as an individual, that's your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, your body, all kind of coming into unison. And I talk about the importance of that in the sales training classes. So we're not gonna talk about that today, but that is a state of flow, hence the term flow odyssey. What we will talk about today is technical and tool flow. Right? You have to understand the basics of this industry. And you have to understand, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, you have to understand a little bit of indoor air quality, a little bit of HVAC, a little bit of building science. Uh, and, and obviously on the sales side of things, you're understanding people and communication and whatnot. But again, we're not gonna talk about that today and tomorrow. But here we're gonna talk about what is the technical knowledge that you have to have? What are the computer software and apps that you might want to consider and the other diagnostic tools? Because you have to become a master of those you know, in the home. And then lastly, you pull that all together with your skills and your ability to be organized, manage your tasks and time, be disciplined, uh, communicate effectively, you know, be different and compelling in the home, and then execute that process, that 10-step process. But for time purposes today and tomorrow, we're gonna focus on item number two. And, um, and just to give you an idea here, this uh, little link right here, uh, David Holt, a good friend and colleague of mine from National Comfort Institute, big fan of that organization. If you're not a member of that, you certainly should be because what we're gonna talk about today and tomorrow, those principles are what's driving everything that we're gonna be doing to get the ultimate success and happiness with the customer. So that being said, I want to uh, turn to bring, you know, bring Eric back into the conversation and talking about the concept of the house as a system. Now, Eric, when you see this graphic, what does this graphic kind of bring to mind in your eyes? This is one of my favorite graphics, by the way. <laughs> uh, EPA came out with this and uh, they pauperized it really, really heavy in the late 80s, early 90s. And, and, and I, I show it to every customer uh, because you have two systems here, one up and one down. The system up in the attic is out of the building. And how do you bring the HVC system back in the building? So if I'm in the Kansas City area and my expertise is really in the Kansas City area. So if you're- It applies everywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
but if you have an HVAC system up in the attic and your attic gets to be 150 degrees or 20 degrees below zero, you have to make sure that you have enough insulation and ceiling in there to take care of those weathers. So if you've got duct leakage, you've had too much return on the attic, you have to take that in consideration. Yep. It's yep. a huge big thing. Absolutely so gigantic. Yeah, we'll pull that back. We'll pull that into the conversation. But this graphic is pretty compelling, like you said, because you got two different systems. You can see how they're, you know, the, the living space, the condition space before, you know, the, the two middle floors is where the customer lives. That's how they interface with the systems. Right. And you can see there's air leakage in and out of the building there. Use it for a conversation starter. Yeah. If if you're talking about indoor quality. This is a good example. If you're sucking attic air and it's full of mouse feces and rats and other stuff, and you're sucking a lot of attic air, you're polluting the building. Mm -hmm. If you're sucking crawl space air, again, you're sucking nasty assy air. And, and yeah, it's not very earthy and musty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you walk in the front door and that first breath that you get it, it really tells you what's going on with the building. And then the building, the, your, your lungs, your body takes used to that smell and, and, and it's not as prevalent. Yeah, so the homeowner may be used to it, but you coming into the house, you may actually smell that and have to call you know, call the customer out on that a little bit because they may have actually said, like you said, grown accustomed to it, started using like burning candles and incense yep. and plugins and spraying Febreze and things of that nature, yep. right? And you need to be aware of, of the stuff that they do to cover up those smells. Yeah. So if they're, build, if they're burning candles all the time to adapt the smell, mm -hmm. uh, what happens to all those particulates? If you look up and you notice that there's a layer of candle soot everywhere. Yeah. You know, there's plugins or like you say, Febreze or incense yeah. or anything that's putting off an odor. If you think about it, they're masking some other odor more than likely. Number one, number two is they're putting an, a, an additional toxin into the air. Correct. Right? So Febreze has a chemical in there to kill the olfactive smell. Yeah. And yeah. then they've also got different scents. Yeah. Uh, one of my customers literally at the return would dump chemical to customize that smell. Right. And then when I was testing the air, the particulate count just got gigantic, huge, and their house was real dusty. And we'll talk more about air quality tomorrow in detail. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. So let's talk about the house as a system. And kind of basically what we're talking about here, uh, and I'm going to give you an additional resource. There's a, uh, a document that'll be in the, the packet that you'll get post-event. They'll have three articles that are titled The House as a System. And Dominic Arino from National Comfort Institute wrote two of them, and then another author uh, wrote another one. Uh, and they were out, like I say, in the trade publications over uh, in the past, so they're out there in public domain. You can get them offline. But uh, I just downloaded the PDFs, and I'm including, the, uh, including them for you as a resource. So you can understand this, because again, we don't have a lot of time to go into the detail of all this, but I want you to, uh, you know, I want you to get it, because what we're really talking about here is making sure that you know, when you take this whole ball of wax together, that you're not just looking at one element. It all has to kind of come together and work together. So the house is a system. First thing we talk about is what we call the thermal uh, thermal comfort, right? And that is where uh, you know what we start with there is what we call the building envelope. Now, when we talk about it in terms of the building envelope, Eric, what we're talking about is insulation, air leakage, right? Infiltration, exfiltration of the house, 
windows and doors. Air so talk barrier. about, what's that? You've got the air barrier. The air barrier, right? And, 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 the, got, and the thermal barrier of the, of the, of the structure, right? right? And, and you've got a vapor barrier. Again, you may have a great system, properly designed, properly installed, working perfectly, charged right, combustion efficiency is set up properly, and the customer is still uncomfortable. In fact, David Richard from the National Comfort Institute wrote an article years ago, a couple years ago, about this very situation and realized that the situation that the customer was experiencing was they were not happy, they were not comfortable, their energy bills were, were high, and they kept calling his company back, and, and he, had, he was blind to the idea that uh, this was not his problem. Uh, but the customer believed that it was because in their mind, they were going to the thermostat and saying, hey, the house is not comfortable. It's saying that it's, it's, it's designed for 70 or 72 and it's you know, running and whatnot, but I am not comfortable and I'm not happy. And it had nothing to do with him. There was a big hole under the jacuzzi in the bathroom in one area, and then there was another big hole in a cabinet under the kitchen sink. And air was just pouring in in those two areas, and the customer's feet were, were ice cold during the winter, and obviously other things were going on in space as well. And he had to go in there and realize, hey, he had to seal some things up. And uh, at that point, he realized he needed to become a member of National Comfort Institute and hooked up with Rob Falk, and mm -hmm. the rest is history. And uh, uh, we lost our, our friend Rob Falk earlier this year, but uh, uh, his teachings carry on through guys like myself and uh, National Comfort Institute. But again, talking about the building envelope, um, you know, I, I think too many contractors ignore that when they go into the house. So and talk it's about huge. the importance of it. Okay, can lights. Yep. You get the stand, uh, the stack effect on can lights. Recessed lighting, yep. Yeah, and, and then they heat up, and if you still have a uh, incandescent bulb in there, uh, it could be 75 watts, and you can get 20 CFM of air, and if you have lots and lots of can lights, it's lots and lots of air. Attic fans, attic fans is a one huge big hole, and it could be the equivalent of leaving a window open. So basically, you turn on an attic fan up in the attic. What does it do to the living space? It's part of the living space. Because what's yeah. it doing to the living space, though? If it's in the yeah. attic, the fan's in the attic. Yeah. It's sealed off. I mean, technically, it's sealed off from the living space, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it, you're you have a shutter that's made out of aluminum, and every two inches, you got a gap. Right, but I'm saying, yeah, so what's it doing in the living space, though? If, you have the, if I turn a fan on in the attic to exhaust air out of the attic, what's it doing to the living space? Is it creating a negative or a positive? It's creating a negative space in the building, positive in the attic. Yeah. And then if you have holes that are in the attic, it dumps everything from the attic back in the building. Yeah. And I have measured with a particulate counter, literally quadrupled the amount of particulates that go from the attic back into the building. So you're talking about air quality is being impacted as well as comfort. That's correct. And if I'm affecting both of those, I'm also affecting probably the energy efficiency of the place too, right? Correct. It's not uncommon that there's not enough holes in the attic, soffit vents, gable vents, to get rid of the air, and you're super pressurizing the attic and dumping all that air into the building again. Yep, yep. It's real common uh, so, crawl space. If you suck heavy from your attic fan and you have a lot of crawl spaces, you're sucking all that air from the crawl space back into the building. Yeah. And, and, and I have a customer who basically, we took out her attic fan because whenever she turned on her attic fan, it would suck from the crawl space and she had mold in the crawl space. Yeah. And she got deathly sick 
So and basically she, that acted as a conveyance system to bring the mold out of the crawl space into the living space. Right, right. If she's drying out the crawl space, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. at, at what cost, right? Yeah. It, it was getting her sick. So I, I, I've also heard, uh, and again, there's no absolutes here, but I've also heard that about 50% of the air that we breathe in the living space comes from underneath the house, basement, or crawl. Mm -hmm. 30% comes from the attic, mm -hmm. and 20% comes from doors and windows, right, I, I, in the I, conditioned space. I've proven that many a time with a blower door. Yet most people, most homeowners and most contractors, you know, are more concerned about, you know, leaky windows and doors. And what you come to realize, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, is how the stack effect impacts that. I don't want to get into that right now, but how the stack effect impacts that. And the reason it's not as big of a deal as you might think is because, you know, as you said a little bit earlier, right, we're positive at the top of the house, we're negative at the bottom of the house, and we're probably about equilibrium in the middle of the house. About and, where your eyes are. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But that's the building envelope impacting the comfort. Now, here's the thing I want to call your attention to as a comfort advisor. I understand many of you companies, your companies that were uh, tuned in here, you might not be doing insulation and air sealing and windows and doors and weather stripping and, and things of that nature, building science. I, that doesn't matter. I think that you should be doing it, number one, but number two is if you're not, hopefully you partner with somebody, but number three, if you're not doing it and you're not partnering with somebody, you at least need to be aware of it and take it into consideration and be able to explain it to a homeowner. Part of your job and what I teach you in the, in the, uh, the sales training is to make the customer aware of everything that's going on in their home, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, and the ugly, right? So that they, they can become a better steward of their home, even if it's things that you don't do. Because that way, you're a better resource to the consumer. And that way, you differentiate, you stand out in the customer's mind as the, the resident expert in all things, and you're helping them understand things, even if it's some things they can do on their own. Like, you know, customers can literally roll out some Pink Panther insulation and put it into their attic if they wanted to. You may not do insulation, but if you told a homeowner, hey, why don't you reduce the load on your house before we produce the BTUs, by adding them some insulation in your uh, attic. It's probably the, uh, the most cost-effective thing that you can do to improve comfort and energy efficiency in the home. Awesome content right there from Drew and Eric. Be sure to share this on Facebook. And if you're not a member, click the button below. You'll get a free 30-day trial, which will give you access to all of our content here at Contract University. That's our show for this week. We'll see you next time. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.